Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody. Hope you are doing well. It's good to be able to be here and communicate to you, even if it's like this and different than the way we want it. Uh, A few things that we want to make you aware of. Uh, One, we want to continue praying for uh, Gil and his family. As many of you know in the prayer email, uh, Gil's sister Dolores passed away um, Saturday, I believe, right, Gil? Friday Friday night. And so uh, pray for the family. Um, she did have COVID, so did some of the family. She did have some conditions uh, as well. But this is why we are not gathering together in bulk because of people who are at risk and the dangers that are there for them. And so we want to lift up Gil, his family, uh, especially Dolores's family and those who are uh, dealing with this at this time. And at this season, it's so hard, even as we experienced with Colleen, to try and grieve without being able to be together, right? It's just hard because you, at this time, need family. You want to be with family, and you can't be with family because of the risk that is there, especially for those who are older and dealing with these things. So please be praying for them. Also, I wanted to... Let all of you know and say thank you to all of you who did contribute towards uh, the food for the nurses last week. Um, Last Monday, we took 40 uh, lunches and dinners from Buffalo Wild Wing to the nurses, and it was a a great success. You were their favorite people on Monday. Uh, They really enjoyed it, and Buffalo Wild Wings did a great job. They packaged them all individually where they had the the wings and some French fries and some carrots and celery, and then they had all the different kinds of sauces so they could pick and choose whatever they wanted to, and for them, it was just a really uh, bright spot in their day that you guys made happen. I would like to do that on a regular basis. Gosh, it'd be great to be able to do that a lot, but let's plan on once a month. Um, and we will do it probably if you let me throw this out because if you know of a business that we can help and support, we would like to do that right so it doesn 't have to be buffalo wild wings, but it has to be something that is able to be done that well, in other words, we can 't just have them go and uh, interact together right it, it was separated so that they 're not 
kind of cross-contaminating different things. They're able to have their meal, and it's just there. So, I mean, then it can be sandwiches. They've had other people, you know, giving them different things. But if there's a business that can do that, let me know, and we can try and work together with them. If not, I've got a, a connection with Buffalo Wild Wings, and we got a really good deal. Um, we're going to have to do a few more meals because they ran short last time. So we'll probably do 50 instead of 40. Um, and I'll, I'll touch base with some of the people who are there at the hospital and find out what they need for that day that we're going to do that. Uh, Monday worked out good last time because I was able to deliver that. I think we should, if we do wings, we should do Wild Wing Wednesday. That's what I think. And the first Wednesday of the month is Wild Wing Wednesday where we do something like that. If we don't do wings, we'll have to find mundane Mondays or something. You know, I don't know. We'll have to just do something. Anyway, the point is, thank you. I'm going off. Um, thank you guys for contributing in that way. And these are some of the things that we want to do. But that being said, do not wait for Genesis to do something if you can do something on your own. Uh, whatever that is, please remember it's up to us to reach out to one another, to care for one another, make the phone call, send the text, uh, drop off the groceries. There are a number of people in our community or people we know in our community who have tested positive with COVID, who are maybe at home and isolated. And if you know who they are, then reach out to them and ask them if they need anything and be one of the people who can extend yourself in that way to them if you're able to. And once again, that is why we are not meeting here. But if you need to be here, you can be here. I am hoping, and this all depends on how things go, I expect there's the spike taking place from New Year's that's usually going to last about two weeks and into that. Um, but I'm hoping in February to be able to have outside for those who would want to come and meet outside. Um, we'll see. Just playing it by ear. Also, stay tuned. Our app is in the works waiting for approval. And so hopefully that'll come and you can download that. And then we can let everybody know, hey, this is happening. And it'll be right there on your phone. Remember, uh, we are here because of you. And so if you'd like to give towards Genesis, uh, they'll put the, the picture up there. These are the different ways that you can give um, to keep the lights on and allow us to keep meeting and doing the things that we want to do. Uh, but remember, you are the ones also doing the work. And so at this time, this is just a part of what needs to be done, like what we did with the giving out the lunch and dinner for the nurses and things like that. That's just a small part of what we can do. And so I hope that you guys will continue to be generous in your life and not just think of it as, oh, we have to give towards the church. We have to give towards the needs that are around us as well as to the work that we're doing here. So keeping those things in mind. Um, today I'm going to be continuing our series on grace and truth. And, and this one is really focusing on what we tend to think of as a small piece of the truth. Uh, this Friday, I had lunch with someone who I consider a friend now, and talking to him, he was sharing with me his story and where he's kind of come from, his journey, how he started off at a young age, going to church, being very involved, studying to, to become a pastor, 
and seeing some things there in the church that made him uncomfortable, that he left the church. Again, not an uncommon story. He left the church, kind of went crazy for a while, and, and then he got into to Buddhism really heavily, uh, definitely considered himself a Buddhist, and then he shared with me that it was his Buddhism that led him back to Christ, which, again, we shouldn't be surprised, right? This isn't something that's unusual. If God is real, he is pulling all things and all people to himself, then it doesn't matter where we're at, whether we're atheists, Buddhists, or Christian, he still pulls us out of maybe a concept that wasn't quite like who he is and more into a reality of who he is. And in this conversation, gosh, we talked for a few hours. As we were talking and he was sharing these things, his idea of coming back to Christ really centered around this idea of how Jesus loved, right? That, that's really kind of the heart of these things. It, it was, this is who Christ is. His eyes, his heart were opened to the way that Christ showed and loved. And that's what we're talking about with the, the grace and truth matrix. The whole point of this is to get clarity on how God loves and to see maybe areas that we don't love well, areas where even maybe in our religious thinking or uh, bring the way we've been brought up, we, we start to see things in ways that aren't like Christ. Right? And, and so last week I talked about you know, it not being this binary thing where grace is on one side, truth is on the other side, and we have to balance those out. But we looked at what I'm calling the grace and truth matrix. And so we have grace, we have truth, and then we have a low grace and a low truth. And we talked about these different kind of cultures. A call-out culture is one that's got high truth but low grace, where it's almost a legalistic ideology, where it's just a matter of how we tell the truth. We've got to tell the truth. The truth is all that's important. Give people the truth, nothing but the truth, so help us God, right? And then we've got the hangout culture, which is high grace and low truth, where we really don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to upset anyone. We want people to get along, and so we'll do everything that we can to help people get along. This is where we start to develop kind of codependency and different things. And really, this grace, truth, binary kind of thinking goes through these two. And usually, if you're living here or you're living here, you end up getting burnt out and ending up here, which is checkout where it's like, you know what, I can't put this up anymore. I can't put up the front. I can't act this way. I can't try to be these things for these people, and so I give up. I'm just checking out of all these things. And what we want to do is get a clear understanding of both grace and truth. I shared last week that grace is not just a pardon of sin, right, but it's a participation of life with the one who gives life. And this is a big change for some of us who've grown up in church and our idea of grace is unmerited favor, getting what you don't deserve. It's so much more. This is relational. This is walking alongside of, with that person. 
And I shared the truth about this idea. Truth is not just giving the right information. It's about naming and living in reality as God sees it, including how God sees you. Truth is having the perspective that God has and seeing people and yourself through that perspective. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to look at an example of Jesus walking in grace and truth. As we saw in John chapter 1, in him was this grace and truth. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Christ. And so let's take a look at how grace and truth shows up in Jesus. We're going to be in John chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 2. It says, early in the morning, he came again to the temple. This is Jesus. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. As we see this story, I want to keep this matrix in mind. And also, as we start to think about this story, maybe think about who are you in this story? Or where would you be in this story? What, what group would you fit in? Where have you been in stories like this? And what I've been doing is challenging myself to, to see where I fit in this matrix in the different situations in my life, the different relationships and encounters I have. And, and as we look at this, we, we see obviously the call out with the scribes and the Pharisees, right? As they're calling out. And remember last week I said, the call out is we're telling you the truth. The Bible says, and, and that's exactly what we see them saying. She was caught in the act, right? It's one of these key terms in this story, caught in the act. No mistake of what was going on here. And also no mistake, the law of Moses says, right? The Bible says this is what we're supposed to do to her. They call out, uses truth like a hammer to stomp on the wrong that it sees. 
And in this story, as we look at this, we see that adultery is really such a small piece of the truth. And yet it was their focus. Call out holds on to and magnifies a small piece of the truth. We see also in the story that they did this to test him. You see, there's another element of truth. It was to test Jesus. They're trying to hold on to something. They're honor, their power, their authority. And to do that, they need to deal with him who is now becoming very popular among the people. And so another element of truth in this story is their motives, which were to test him. If the truth really was about we need to stomp out adultery here, where's the guy? Right? If she was caught in the act, she wasn't by herself. And so we see that their goal wasn't to judge this sin. Their goal was something else, that ulterior motives. And what the call-out is doing is it's concerned with what they want, their agenda, and it puts them against the other person. And it's so interesting because Jesus does not combat them, right? He, he doesn't come at them. He doesn't pull out his own set of scriptures, right? Which is something that we do a lot. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah? I'll see your Deuteronomy and I'll raise you a Jeremiah, right? I'll, it's like, I, you got that scripture. I got these two scriptures. And we start throwing scripture at each other like, you know, hand grenades, and trying to win an argument by just giving our truth, our truth, our little piece of how we see things in this bigger situation. He doesn't do that. Jesus lets the uncomfortable settle in. You, you can feel this. Have you ever been in a meeting and someone says, let's have a time of silence? And they take, you know, 60 seconds and it seems like 10 minutes. Because silence is difficult for us. Someone's got to stand up and say something. Someone's got to answer this. Jesus lets the heaviness of the moment weigh in. There is a woman here whose life is on the balance. And there are people accusing her. And Jesus lets it settle. And doesn't speak up in urgency. Doesn't step into it like maybe we would think he should. The tension's high, and people are left thinking, what's going on here? There's a woman here whose life is in the balance as if she's some commodity that's being weighed and tried and valued, and Jesus lets that hang there. Last week, I said that the first truth that we are dealing with when we're looking at this matrix is the truth that we are to speak about ourselves. And the only thing that Jesus says to the crowd is let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. 
what he does is he puts a mirror before them and he says, you want to talk about truth, you need to look at yourself. I, I took Kung Fu years ago and one of the things that I thought was so cool about this martial art was the way it used other people's momentum against them, right? So if someone throws a punch, you actually don't just block the punch, but you take the momentum of that punch and move their body with it. So now they are under your control based on what they started. And that's really, Jesus does this little kung fu move here on the the Pharisees. They're throwing out this truth and Jesus takes that movement and he shows them truth and reflects it back to them. His silence speaks volumes. John tells us that he stooped and wrote on the ground. Why would he tell us that he wrote on the ground and not tell us what he wrote, right? Because what he is doing is really at the point of what he is saying here. He's not talking to them. Instead, he's writing on the ground, right? And just like God wrote, it says he wrote with his finger, just like God wrote those commandments, it says with his finger, Jesus is writing on the ground. And those commandments that said, thou shall not commit adultery, also said, thou shall not bear false witness. You're pointing at a small section of truth, but you've got another part of the truth that you're guilty under. Maybe the act of writing was all that was needed to spark the imagination of those who were there, of what was happening, and their part in it. Maybe the crowd is all in this hangout section. What's going to happen? Who are we going to be with? Are we going to be with the Pharisees? Are we with Jesus? What is Jesus doing? Why is he staying quiet? Why is he just writing on the ground? You know, just like my friend who was a Buddhist and his Buddhism led him to Christ, sometimes for us to hear God, we need to deal with what's happening in us. And for us to be able to hear what's happening, we have to have silence. Or I don't need someone talking to me. I just need the understanding that God is talking. God is at work. God is speaking. And I have to be open to hear it. There's a passage in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 13. It says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the, mount, the fountain of living water. See, we want so much this small piece of truth that we miss a big portion of truth, and in so doing, we are actually forsaking the God who is of grace and truth. And so Jesus is pronouncing judgment with no words. He just asks the question. Another clue in this story is it says they began leaving with 
the older ones. Why the older ones? Why is that put in the story? I'd like to think, being an older one, that there's some wisdom that comes with age, that there's some self-awareness. I, I remember the, the zeal I had when I was a, a younger person, and, and zeal is not bad. Passion is a good thing. But a lot of it was zeal without knowledge, without wisdom. A lot of it was just that, oh, yeah, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to get it done. Yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to get it done. And then as I got older and I had made a lot of mistakes, I said, you know what? Sometimes I need to slow it down before I just step into these things. Sometimes I need to think things through before I commit the way I used to. I still want to progress. I still want to move forward. I still want that momentum, but wisdom has taught me to think before speaking a little bit more and before acting. And so maybe those who were older had enough wisdom to reflect and see themselves in the words that Jesus said. The truth that was there was the truth about where they were, and they couldn't, in a right conscience, continue holding on to the small piece of truth because they knew there was more going on. They knew the motives were not good. Hopefully that continues to happen as we get older and we get more wisdom and we see truth not just in small pieces, but we see grace and truth as a dance that we participate in Every now and then, I have to pick up my grandson from preschool. And there was a, a Thursday night. I had done a lesson out in L.A., and coming home from my lesson, I went and picked him up from his preschool where he was at, and, and I pick him up, and he's got his little mask on, right? And I, I get him, and I sign him out, and we go, and we get uh, a Happy Meal, because that's what Grandpa does, he gets them, because I ain't going to cook, right? I, I get a happy meal for him. He gets his chicken nuggets, and we're talking in the car and driving home. And, and we get to the house, and I had been listening to a podcast that I was really interested in, and, and I, I wanted to finish it because I hadn't finished it. It kind of picked him up. And so we get to the house, and I say, okay, go ahead and, and play. He pulls out his toys and, and the toys of choice this day because he's got a plethora of toys at our house. They're trains and they're Hot Wheels, and, and they go together. Don't ask me how, but they do. He's got trains and Hot Wheels, and I'm saying, okay, yeah, go have fun. And, and I put my AirPods in one ear, and I'm continuing to listen to my podcast because there's some interesting things here that I'm going to you know, want to use perhaps in a Sunday's talk, and I'm, I'm just mulling these things over, and he is talking. And if you know he's just five now, and this wasn't too long ago, I mean, he's turning five this next week. Kids that age, especially when they've been in preschool all day and they're now having an audience of one, they like to talk. And so he's just talking, and with every sentence is also coming the word grandpa, right? So 
So it's like, blah, 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 grandpa, blah, 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 grandpa, grandpa, what about this? Grandpa, what about this? Grandpa, blah. And, and I'm kind of in, uh, I'd say I was in checkout, right? I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I'm listening to my podcast, and, and they're getting into some deep stuff here, Judah. You just got to let it, you know, so I, I'm not even engaging him at all. But he's persistent, and you got to give him that, right? He's totally persistent. And so I can't ignore him because he's getting a little frustrated that I'm ignoring him. And so he's, Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa. And so I have to respond. And so I move from checkout to hangout. Yeah, buddy, what is it? Uh Uh-huh. No, that's great. Yeah, go for it. No, that's good. No, you, you have fun. You see, I, I'm really not wanting to be there engaging him. I'm just hanging out with him, telling him, yeah, it's good, appeasing his verbiage that's just hurling at me, right? This constant grandpa, 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 grandpa. And so I, I just kind of, uh-huh, yeah, no, that's okay, buddy. Hey, you can take care of that. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Have fun. You want me to put on a, a video Right. Let me let me put on another distraction besides the Hot Wheels in the train, because I I'm really just trying to really ignore it, but not ignore it because that's terrible. What kind of grandpa would I be if I just ignored it? But you understand what I'm doing. I'm, I'm ignoring it. And so as he's playing, something happens. With the train, it derails, and the track falls apart, and, and things go haywire. And all of a sudden, my, my grandson, who is, he's just this expressive little guy, he has two teenage sisters. All of a sudden, this happens, and I hear him say, son of a b-, and he says it. And all of a sudden, I go to call out. I'm like, hey, man, you know, we don't talk that way. We, 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 we don't use those words. That, that's not the way we communicate, right? But it is the way you talk if you're a teenager who has been cooped up with your other teenage sister for the past 11 months. And it is the clearest form of expression that a five-year-old has seen in 11 months of isolation with two teenage sisters. It's a, a perfectly normal way to communicate. And you see, I move from checkout to hangout. Oh, and now I'm engaged. Now I'm going to call out because you said this and that's not the way we talk. And I want to make you... What do you expect from people who are in these circumstances going through these things. You see, a small part of the truth is what he said, but there is a big part of the truth of where he's living. He was just hours at a preschool. He's been living at home with two teenage sisters who have been confined and quarantined. There's a whole lot more going on than what came out of his mouth at that time. And then... I believe it was God called to my mind this matrix and showed me in a moment all the places I had been and when I went to call out and it was just revealed, you just called him out for this when you've been checking out and you wanting to hang out. Now you're moving to call out 
And when I was called out, I was like, son of a, that's me. That's where I am. And then when I understood that he's not a problem that needs to be solved. He's a person who needs to be loved. This woman wasn't a problem to be used to bring a point. She was a person who needed to be loved. And the only one who saw her that was Jesus, who was there with her till the very end. And we have to see people in this light. And I hope that this is useful to you as it was to me, to my chagrin, right? That, oh God, this is me. I'm in this place with my grandson who all he wants to do is be there in relationship with me. He just wants me to sit on the floor with him and play. I got important things to listen to. I'll try and appease him. I'll try and do these things. Jesus was the only one who stood with this woman and saw her for who she really was. Not a small piece of the truth. She was not just an adulterer. She was a human being who probably had a really rough life. And as he stands and says to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, no one, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. I've always taken that sin no more to be this, you know, warning. Okay, hey, you got off this time, right? There's that grace, truth thing. You got off, sin no more, right? Otherwise, something bad's gonna happen. But what if... Again, we have no tonality here. We, we have no understanding of, of how it actually takes place. What if this is less of a warning and more of a benediction? Bless you. What if this is more of, you're not condemned. Go, you're You're free. And sin no more is less of a warning than it is a blessing. God is not against you. You see, the grace and truth, he is with you. He is journeying there. He's sitting on the floor playing with trains and hot wheels. And here's the conversation. And instead of calling you out, starts to engage. How is school today? How are things going do you feel frustrated? What's a face you make when you're frustrated? What's, I can't even say the word. He tells her, what's this mean? It means when you're angry, when you're upset, like when your train derails. What's a face you make? And he makes a face. You start giving him language to live. And it's not, hey, don't say that anymore. It is, bless you. You're free to express all of who you are to me and I will journey with you because I do not condemn you. Grace and truth. It, it, it has relational elements to it and if we miss it, we focus on just a piece of the truth instead of the heart of the person.
People are not commodities. They're not problems that need to be fixed. They are people that need to be loved. And it is up to us to show the world what that looks like. My challenge for all of us in the week to come is to see where we fit in this matrix with the different circumstances we encounter, the people we come across. It could be people in our family, people in our workplace, acquaintances. Where are you in this matrix? See if that can help you to step into something that looks more like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, may the first piece of truth that we engage be the truth that speaks to us. That enlightens us to see maybe where our prejudice is, our impatience, our blindness. Before we pronounce truth or use it as a hammer, may we allow it to be a magnifying glass to our hearts. And may we see clearly where we are at in the grace and truth that you represented. May we be the safe place for people. May we understand that there is so much more to every person's life than the picture that we see whether it's the the photo on Facebook or the information on Instagram, may we understand that people are much more than problems that need to be fixed. And may we learn how to love in wisdom that you demonstrate. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. May the author of life give us wisdom to walk in grace and truth as we see in Jesus. May you go and sin no more. God bless you, love you, miss you. Take care. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.